Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Joe Garcia. I am your host. I hope you guys had a great weekend uh, this past weekend. I know I certainly did. I watched a little bit of US Men's 23. My bracket broke. I rode my bicycle to the beach. So I had a great weekend, you know. But here to help me talk all things LA Galaxy, we got Alicia Rodriguez. Alicia, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, your weekend sounded lovely. Um, on a related note, my daughter just learned to ride a bike with no training wheels. So we got her a new one. We've been taking her out to get her to practice and stuff. So we have some bike related news as well. Um, nice, nice. That, that's amazing. That Well, actually, I bought, a, I bought a used bike and I was like, let me ride to the beach. How, how old is your daughter? She's seven. So I said, oh, it's it's time for you to learn. Um, and then we started taking her out. And luckily, it took her uh, three days. So that was pretty quick. So she uh, she picked it up pretty quick. We were happy. Yeah, that, that's pretty quick. And you definitely want to learn around that age. Uh, it's always exciting, right? You always have to fall a couple times and pick pick yourself back up. But that is that is the thing that you want. You want to make sure uh, I don't have any kids, but your kids or you as a child want to learn at a young age. You want to be like 15 and you don't know how to ride a bike, you know, just in case. Yeah, you know. it's a good life skill. It's a good life <laughs> skill. Everybody needs to know how to do it. So, yep, she's got that checked off. Yeah, and it's a good exercise. And so I, I bought a bike. I'm just like, you know what? Let me let me go ride this to the beach. So I guess we, we got that connection. We got the bike connection there. So that's good. What Anything yeah. else you did over the weekend? Um, worked. <laughs> worked. Lots of work. Yep. Did you make a bracket? Did you make a, a college basketball bracket or no? I didn't. Um, I usually, uh, I have in the past, but I haven't for several years and uh, didn't, didn't really want to go with the winging it uh, thing. Just kind of wanted to take it in. I'm kind of glad I didn't do a bracket because on the men's side, uh, Michigan State got knocked out before the even the full tournament began. So I was pretty much kind of wanted to throw it away right off the bat anyway so it, it worked out good yeah well yeah I, I had I had some upsets that weren't upsets but nevertheless that's just the way it goes but you know I did watch I did watch a lot some soccer as well which which was also fun um but yeah we also the yeah, the only thing that I didn't watch was the LA Galaxy play San Diego loyal we, we couldn't get to stream they didn't want to stream it even those down the road from us so they didn't, they don't, I don't know what, what was the reason for that, but next game we'll be able to be there. But uh, hearing uh, Greg Vanny speak uh, on the video, he talked about that they played two 60-minute halves with two groups. Uh, obviously, some players were out. Some were out to injury. Some were out because international call-ups. Um, those international cops were, you know, Efrain Alvarez and Jonah DeSantis with the with the Mexican national team. And then obviously Sebastian Legette with the U.S. men's national team and Julian Araujo with the U23. So four, uh, essentially four potential starters, um, you know, there. Obviously, your core group is not there. So that gave a lot, lot of opportunity to for Greg Vanny to see what he really had. Uh, I know I think Johnny Perez scored. Um, I know. I can't ask you about the game. I can't ask you about your thoughts, right? Which which makes it tricky. Um, but we did see some of the some some video highlights. But and he did talk about a couple couple of the players. I don't know if you saw the video, but what what did you take uh, from what Greg Vanny said in, in that press uh, uh, press call? I guess after the game. Yeah the um, the the game was was uh, I think a good you know test for the team because one thing that I thought coming in um, San Diego had. I think fairly close to a, a full strength lineup for them. They had a, a pretty strong group out there. Um, and then it turned out the galaxy's uh, starting lineup that they released 
uh, was really almost entirely homegrowns and uh, Galaxy 2 players. There was uh, Jonathan Bond starting in goal. Uh, he'll probably be the inside track for uh, starter, but we don't know yet. But I think it's safe to assume that that's a strong possibility. Um, but he's new. And then uh, Daniel Steris and I think Nick Dupuy started together in central defense. And then uh, Sasha Question started in midfield. And then basically it was uh, homegrowns and um, really, really young guys. So it was a, a really young group aside from a few veterans. Um, and I think it was really great that they had a good result. Um, you know, obviously in the, in the preseason, results don't matter. It makes no difference. You could lose six, nothing. It, who cares? Honestly, it's, it's a, it's a learning opportunity for the team. It's an opportunity to get game minutes. Um, it, it's not something to really obsess over the result, but I do think it's, a, it's impressive that they got, um, they were able to hold their own against what, uh, is probably going to be a very competitive USL championship team this year with a group that's more or less at USL championship level, right. That the galaxy played at least in the first part. Um, so in that regard, I think that, um, you know, it was a promising showing. And then the video that we saw of, uh, the goal that, uh, Jonathan Perez scored, uh, what was really impressive was Mauricio Cuevas, uh, dribbling through two thirds of San Diego's lineup. Um, I mean, it was honestly a pretty incredible play to watch him run and run and run <laughs> and run, uh, through the defenders over and over again, um, before he set up Perez who, who kind of had a pretty easy, uh, goal off the back of all that work that, uh, Cuevas put in. So, um, I, I really think that, uh, Cuevas is, is, uh, making a case to get a, a first team contract. I don't know if he's going to get it before the season starts, but I, I think it's, uh, you know, he's showing promising things and that's, that's all you can ask for, for, from a young player. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you talk about, you know, the possibility of him getting a shot, you know, with all these players, you know, specifically a defender, right? Uh, the LA Galaxy are going to be without Julian Araujo um, if they move on. If they, I think if, if the U.S. men's national team beats uh, Mexico, I don't I think it's only one CONCACAF team that goes or is it two? No. So it's not this next game. We're moving ahead, but in Olympic qualifying, it's not the next game. It's the following game that's the big one, which is the semifinal of the tournament. They won't be playing Mexico. They'll be playing um, one of either Honduras, Canada, probably Honduras or Canada, most likely, although that game is still, there's a game still going on right now. Um, so it'll be one of those teams. That's the game that's really important. The Mexico game actually is kind of a dead rubber, except for when it comes to seeding for the following game, which is the big, big game uh, of qualifying. Gotcha. gotcha. Thank you for explaining that. So e either way, right. If, if the U S men's national moves forward and we expect that they, they're, they're going to make a strong push to, to get to the Olympics. Um, Joel Naraho potentially might not be with the LA galaxy and the Olympics are going to be uh, in Tokyo. Right. So he's going to be on the other side of the world. And that gives an opportunity for a potential Mauricio Cuevas to potentially potentially be that player or someone else from the LA galaxy too. Um, you know, obviously we, we're not going to know, I, I'm going to go to the game on Saturday and see, have a better eye of, you know, these younger guys or these LA galaxy two players, obviously playing against other comp MLS competition now against, you know, new England revolution. And, you know, I think always seeing the eye test, right. Yeah, we can see the videos and, you know, the little highlights, but once we're actually there, and, you know, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to Mauricio Cuevas, Johnny Perez, you know, obviously Jonathan Bond, 
you, you know, a bunch of other players who, who I think could potentially step up, you know, if Efrain's going to get called up, if Jonathan Dos Santos, if Legit, obviously, I think Legit is, is a lock at this point. Um, you know, who else is going to take up those spots? Because potentially there's four, four spots uh, to hybrid for the team that, you know, they can start when the, you know, the starters are gone in international, international cops, or they can come back or they could get some playing time off the bench, play 60 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, that's going to be really interesting to see the depth of the, of this LA galaxy, you know, and it's also, it has to be exciting with everything that Greg Vanny is going to have to handle. It's going to be, it's going to be a very um, interesting season, but a very exciting one for him. Yeah. And I think that that, that core of homegrown players and galaxy two players, like they, they really played well together last year uh, in the USL championship. Those who did play together um, in that league. I, I think that that's a, a fantastic basis for, like you said, having those depth players who occasionally come in, um, you know, first, for spot starts, come off the bench, um, you know, come in in a pinch, that kind of thing. Um, that, that's kind of what you want, right? Like you want a really strong first team, but then you have to have an MLS, you know, you have to have some depth and you have to have cheap depth. Um, and this is like the best way potentially to get that. So if, if it comes together, um, I mean, the, the, the floor of this team is already going to be substantially better than it was last year. Yeah. And that, and that's what, you, that's what you want to see, right? You know, my, someone, some people might also say that it's not that hard to, to improve from last year, right? <laughs> because of the, the type of season that they, they had, right? Anything was better than last year. I think for for everybody, but it's definitely for the other galaxy, the way they played and the way they came out. Um, but it, it's good to, to have some of that talent that, you know, is getting these opportunities in there, but they're going to be able to play. Like we talked about uh, last podcast, seven preseason games, which is it's going to be great, you know, for the for the galaxy two guys and for Greg Vanny and everybody around. Um now, now I want to talk about the the U.S. men's 23. Uh, like I said, Joan Araujo got called up. He got the start against the Dominican Republic yesterday. They ended up beating them. They ended up smashing them down towards the end. I only watched a little bit. Uh, did you get a chance to watch the game? I watched a little bit too, but I didn't get to watch the whole thing because, you know, we were enjoying our weekend. So, um, you know, we, yeah. yeah, yeah, we didn't see the whole thing. But, um, yeah, it seemed like the U.S. kind of struggled. Uh, and then the once the dam broke around the – our mark and they scored the first goal it was kind of over from there and then they poured it on late um but yeah Araujo got the start um he came off the bench in the first game got the start in this one uh I imagine that Jason Christ is going to be uh rotating his continue to rotate his lineup a little bit but I don't think that from what I saw I don't think Araujo did anything to you know, take him out of contention for starting in the future. So I think it was a good shift. Obviously they, they got the shutout. So, you know, he did his, his basic job in that regard. Um, and they have qualified for the, for the knockout round. So they have like, like we said earlier, they have a kind of a dead rubber group stage game against Mexico, which will definitely be a good tune up, but actually isn't that important in regards to Olympic qualifying um, itself. And then the following game is the semifinal round. That's the one that if they win, they're in the, the Olympics. So, so it's a top, so it's a two team. So two teams are going to be able to qualify for the Olympics. Okay. That's right. And so if you win the semifinal, you're in the Olympics, then there's a final and for the tournament, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just, you know, a way to, hey, we won the, the, the tournament, but it's not like the big prize is making it to the Olympics, yeah. obviously. So there's one knockout game that's for all the marbles. Obviously the United States have uh, qualified to reach that and then they have to get the job done in a couple of games. 
Yeah, and I think it's still going to be interesting though this this game coming up uh, on Wednesday uh, because it's, it's Mexico versus uh, the U.S. Uh, obviously, you got on the other side you have a former LA Galaxy player Real Antuna who, who also scored a goal. Uh, they uh, the Mexican national U twenty three team is looking really solid. They have they I mean they're on a roll. They've been smashing every team and also. I think it's going to be a good test for the U23 men's, uh, U.S. men's team to see where they're at because they're, how strong Mexico is coming and just beating everybody that they're beating. And also to see the depth because I think some, uh, just watching bits and pieces of, of the games, you know, I watched the first, I think I watched a little bit of the first game and a little bit of the second game. Um, you know, I did watch a little bit of uh, Joan Araujo playing. I think some of the things that they were missing was continuity, like getting, you know, I think some of the players are still getting to know each other and where they want the ball, you know, and they they've, had to do all this in a short amount of time, get to know each other, get to know where, Hey, where you want the ball? I usually like the ball here, there, you know, just the little, the little things like that, you know, take some time. So I, I just want to see how they're able to progress and, you know, how they're going to be able to do a, against tough competition against the, you know, the U23 Mexican team, because they're looking really solid. I think they're, they're going to be the strongest and see how the U S does, because I think it's a very exciting time for the U S men's national team. Uh, system, you know, including the U23, U17, because they're getting so much attention. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's not to say that this game isn't important at all. It's just kind of in the um, qualification, you know, picture. Mm-hmm. It's it's not as important, but it is, of course, an important game. And um, I think for me in the group stage, we we saw a different kind of game for each uh, each match. So in the first one, they were up against Costa Rica, uh, the U.S. was favored, but I think it was kind of a, a pretty close game, right? Like Costa Rica could really take them. And of course, the scoreline ended up being 1-0. So it was a close game. Uh, second game was against Dominican Republic. I think the program, they're actually finally starting to put something into the program. So that team was probably going to improve considerably over the coming years if they can continue to follow through with that development and actually putting resources into, you know, building a good program and that kind of thing. Um, but they're minnows, right? Like, frankly, the U.S. should have beat them by a huge score, which is what they ended up doing. Mexico is going to be favored against the United States. So this is going to be a different opportunity for the U.S. to say, okay, so how do we change our approach? What do we stick with? Like, what are we going to say is a core value for, for our style of play in this scenario? Um, and yeah, like if the United States got beat 5-0 in this game, they're probably going to feel pretty bad going into the, you know, the big one uh, that they must win. So yeah, you want to put in a good showing. Um, you know, you, you don't want to be embarrassed, right? You, you want to try to see where you stack up. Um, and I think if they, you know, if they win, it, it kind of goes the same way, right? Like if the United States beats Mexico, they can't waltz into the next round and say, well, we beat Mexico. So obviously we'll beat anyone, right? It, it's the same idea. You, you have to kind of treat each opponent with respect, but um, yeah, it's a good litmus test uh, before you reach that uh, key game um, against the best team in, in the tournament. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's going to be exciting either way. Uh, definitely, you, def- you def- if you're the U.S., you definitely don't want to get beat. If, the, if you're Mexico, you definitely don't want to be get beat because you're out at home. <laughs> right. So that, that obviously, it's a home field advantage, and I think they're down in Guadalajara. So there, there's, there, you know, there, there's fans there too, which, which is pretty cool to see. Um, 
you know, and, it, and it, I think it's just exciting, you know, for a player like Julian Rajo, for a lot of a lot of these players, you know, are, are playing in the MLS, even Dominican players, even, you know, some some players that are in the Mexican uh, U23s have played and some players are getting looked at for the MLS. So there's a lot of ties into that. So which I really like. And, you know, also, like you mentioned, you're talking about Dominican team. I mean, they, they looked really solid for the first 60 minutes and it looks like that, you know, they just put more resources into there. They, they, they definitely go some talent with that. And there's that, there was a player that plays for inter Miami. I think it was our striker or he's a forward. Um, he was looking good. I think it was just uh, the, the U S men's national team had too much. Um, but also a couple other players that got called up for, for the LA galaxy on, on the Mexican uh, national team, the guy, Frank Alvarez and, and, uh, and Jonah Dos Santos. And that's going to be very interesting because they, you know, uh, and to add to that, the Mexican national team also released a pink kit. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. They, yep. they, they promoted that. I mean, it looks pretty cool. It's interesting, the pink kit. I don't, I'm assuming they're going to use it in their upcoming friendlies. Um, you know, it's just to throw, you know, throw it out there, make sure people buy it. They made a whole promotional thing about it. It looked cool. Um, I just want to see how the how it looks with the players and how they end up playing. So there, I don't think Julian, Ra- I mean, excuse me, I don't think Efrain Alvarez or Jonathan Dos Santos was was at the scrimmage. Um, I'm not sure if they were um, because it looks like by the pictures, they're, what's today, Monday, they're already in Wales. So I'm assuming either they took a flight on Sunday um, they potentially played Saturday. I'm not sure, but I mean, they already got photos of himself with with Efrain Alvarez and, and Jonah Dos Santos uh, out there. Do you know if they if they were able to play? I have no idea. Um, beyond the the first lineup, they didn't release any information about who was um, playing. And I mean, the limited photos that we saw, it was basically that first group. Um, at first, the Galaxies the the first 60 minute period they were like we won game's over and then they ended up playing another 60 minutes and then yeah. i was so confused for like an hour um because san diego was like oh our player scores oh galaxy score and i'm like wait the galaxy said that this was already over like what's going on and uh you know eventually kind of figured out what happened but um yeah so i don't know who all played but I'm guessing based on the youngsters that started the game, it was probably a pretty youngster heavy lineup. And uh, I'm guessing probably the internationals didn't uh, feature, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I have a feeling that, that uh, Jonathan Dos Santos and Efrain Alvarez didn't play just in case of an injury. You definitely want to let Efrain Alvarez at least, you know, get 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 into the game with the Mexican national team. So that way he wouldn't get injured. So I don't, I don't think he played, um, you know, and they got two games coming up. They got a, a game on Saturday, March 27th versus Wells and another game on Tuesday, March 30th versus Costa Rica. Um, and this is where we're Alvarez is essentially going to get a shot with the Mexican national team is, is also going to be able for both parties to see where they're at. You know, if the Mexican national teams does really see something in, for, in Efrain Alvarez and then they think that, you know, he could potentially be a key piece where that means coming off the bench or potentially getting a start down the road. Or this just may means like, you know what, we saw each party got to see what they saw and maybe they didn't like it. So he doesn't get capped tied. I think he, I think he gets capped tied after he plays three, uh, three games with the national team. I think that's what I was reading. Um, so he's not capped tied if he plays these two games. He still has the option to opt out and go with the men's national team. 
if, if it doesn't work out for him. So I, I'm gonna I'm really gonna see how Tata Martino plans on using uh you know using Efrain Alvarez and what Efrain Alvarez does with that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think this overall, the overarching thing is that this is part of the recruiting battle between the United States and Mexico. And um, part of it is the same thing that the United States did when they called up Efrain to the uh, January camp. Come on in, check it out, see what you think, you know, let, let's see what the fit is like, that kind of thing. And a lot of that is kind of, you know, I don't know if it's exactly the same as like a, a, a big time football or basketball recruit in, into college, but, you know, I imagine some of the similar trappings come with it, you know, trying to really appeal to the player. Hey, look what we got, you know, this is so much better than anybody else in the region, you know, wink, wink, that kind of thing. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays, although I think there's a chance that maybe he won't play. Like, I, I think probably if he did play, it'd be off the bench and, um, just give him a little run out, see how he does. But I wouldn't be shocked if he is just brought in to train. And, um, you know, like Martino doesn't strike me as a coach who uh, is a real taskmaster, but I also think that he's somebody who definitely wants to, um, you know, give opportunities to players who deserve it. And I'm not saying that uh, Alvarez doesn't deserve it, but, you know, he may say, okay, look, this time, no pressure on you. We're just bringing you in for training be around the squad, see how it goes. You know, if, if we all feel good about it, you know, and you, it seems like you're doing really good in training. seems like you start well uh, with your club, maybe in June, you know, we'll give you a run out that kind of thing. If you, if you want to come back and if it works out for everybody um, I wouldn't be shocked if that's a scenario too. So we'll have to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's an exciting opportunity for him. We'll have to see how, you know, how he takes advantage of it um, now and then down the line. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think I do see him playing. I think I potentially even see him starting. I mean, he, they're going to go up against Wales, which is, I mean, Wales is not that 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 big of a club, a big of a you know, I don't know. I, I've seen Wales play a couple times. No, no, no disrespect, but I think Wales would be a good game for Efrain Alvarez, you know, to kind of get his feet wet. And then obviously they got Costa Rica. We know how strong Costa Rica really is. And I think if you're if, uh, just it's just me thinking if you're taught the Martino, okay, how does he do with international competition at the highest level? Because I think that that's, that's where he's really going to gauge and see, okay, is this, is the game too quick for him? Is, does he, is it his fitness? Uh, obviously we know how he can do with the touch. Can he, can he handle that, that pressure? Um, and I think, I think he's going to get a, a, his shot because he also didn't get called up to the U23s. And I think this was part of the reason of him not getting called up for the Mexican U23s. And I think this is a, a really good uh, shot for Efrain Alvarez to get tested uh, by Tata Martino, get tested on the field and to, for, for himself to also see, like, do I really belong here? Uh, do, you know, do what, what, and this could potentially elevate his game for the LA Galaxy to the next level if he has a great outing with the Mexican national team, because obviously we know he's been through the Mexican national system, national team system since he was young. And I think when you're a young kid, you know, obviously I can just speak about myself, but I was watching the Mexican national team as a young Mexican kid in America, always watching the national team. That was always like a dream, like, dang, if I got to play for there. So I think this is a shot. Like these two games is El now versus shot. And if he doesn't make it in these two games, I don't think, uh, I don't think the opportunity for Efrain Alvarez to play for the Mexican national team, whatever. Oh, I was going to say, will ever be there. I think it gets harder if he doesn't have a good outing because I think this is his, this is a shot. 
that there's not that much competition because there's U23 players being called down, you know, there's injuries, but I think this is a shot to impress Tata Martino and, and, and just go all out and have a, you know, great performance where that means assists or score a couple goals. I think it's going to be more on the assist side than where he puts the balls um, because, you know, if you're the Mexican national team, you also, I think you also got to look down the, down the line, down the future. Um, because if, if Irene Alvarez, for whatever reason, goes to the men's national team, that's a player that you don't have. Or he stays with the Mexican national team. That's a player that the U.S. men's national team doesn't have either, you know. It's a little, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, you make good points. And, um, it, I mean, one of the things that is a concern for Mexico at this point is they have a, they've had a strong core of players but that core is aging and they're getting older and older and older. And they're not, I mean, aside from a few of the the stars that are in Europe, they're not really kind of turning over the, you know, the group as much as I think they, they probably would like to. And so this isn't a good opportunity for him potentially to, you know, stake a claim and see what he can do. Um, So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think we're going to have to see what happens. So we're hoping the, hoping the best for him. So uh, moving on. So we got also Sebastian Leggett. Uh, he's going to be gone. So Thursday, uh, the men's national team on Thursday, March 25th, they play Jamaica. It looks like they play in Austria. And then they also got a game on Sunday, March 28th uh, versus Northern Ireland. And that game is in Ireland. So it looks like they're going to be doing a lot of traveling. There's going to be a lot of European players, uh, European base players there, um, you know, like Gio Reyna. Uh, I think Christian Pulisic is going to be there. So it, it's it's really interesting to see, you know, uh, Sebastian Legette's longevity with the U.S. men's national team, where he was, I feel like he was at the top, then that injury just brought him down. And, you know, and then now he's been able to work his way back up to the men's national team. And, you know, after that hor- horrific injury, and I think hopefully this is also another thing that can elevate his game to the next level for, for both Greg, you know, Greg Berhalter and Greg Vanny. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, I mean, it's only been friendlies, but Leggett has, called up, has been called up, what, every single time the last, I think, four call-ups, um, and he's the only player who's gotten called up every single time. I think he's the only MLS-based player that's called up for this uh, round of friendlies. There may be one other player, but if not, it's only him. Um, I think that's pretty notable. I think that clearly says to me that Greg Berhalter thinks that he has – something that nobody else in the player pool has and he needs him around. He needs him to, you know, be on the field, be in the locker room. Uh, I think he's going to play major minutes in these games. Um, he seems to be kind of a, you know, a key guy right now. And I know that the the player pool is expanding. We have a lot of exciting players uh, playing abroad right now and, and breaking through in some really big teams. Uh, but Legette really seems to be like, a, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet. And uh, I think it's going to continue to be that way. Uh, so, you know, that's good for him. He always plays well for the national team. So I'm sure that doesn't hurt. And then, like you said, hopefully that kind of helps leverage uh, good form for the Galaxy as well. Yeah, no, there's two. I think there's two things with Legit. Obviously, Greg, Bal- Greg Berhalter really likes his game, but I think also he's a, he's a veteran. Uh, you know, when he when he goes into into such a you know the men's national team, which is which is kind of shocking to say a little bit because I, because Legit's so you know kind of young, I guess you would say, but like they the guys that are coming in and are playing in Europe and Dortmund, you know, and Chelsea are a lot younger than him, you know, and right. I, and, it, and I think you need to also you need some also some of that veteran leadership there, and I think you know obviously Legit is I think is that guy, 
for the U.S. men's national team. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the captain for the men's national team. Or uh, it could be Christian Pulisic, but I think just the, the veteranship, you know, everything legit's been there. And obviously he keeps getting called up. It's a plus for him. It's a plus for the LA Galaxy. And it's a plus for the U.S. men's national team. So hopefully, you know, is he able to stay healthy, you know, right. throughout throughout the career, throughout the rest of his career? Because I know some of those injuries have really set him back, uh, just like any player. But nevertheless, it's exciting for him. I'm definitely going to look forward to the games on March 25th and March 28th. Uh, a lot going on here now that, you know, the season is about to start, you know, too. Uh, and we have we we also have a game with the Galaxy like this Saturday too. So there's there's just games going on everywhere. Um, but th- there there's also players that the Galaxy need to add. There's also I think a couple spots, especially on the left hand side, the wing spot. We we know that the Galaxy went and got uh, Grand Sir for the right wing, a Frenchman. There's also been uh, rumors, reports uh, that a player by the name of Kevin Gabriel. Uh, a French outlet reported this that reportedly the Allegaxi have made an offer of $5 million. Uh, I've reached out. I haven't gotten any confirmation just yet, but it, it makes, it make this makes sense because I think, you know, you're, you're about like three, three, three weeks away from, from the season to start Christian Pavone situation has not been resolved. I think they're, they're when the courts, um, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about the Christian Pavone situation, but you know, that's still not resolved. And I, you know, and I think if you're at the point, if you're the galaxy, you, you, you gotta, gotta still look in elsewhere. So I think Kevin Gabriel, a Cabral, I don't know if I'm pronouncing right, is the backup option. And for $5 million is not bad. It's, it's not bad. I, I, you know, I watched a little bit, but I can't really tell too much, but on another note, you got you're gonna potentially have two two French wingers on the right, right and left hand side, which makes it interesting. Well, and then they've you know they've had success in the past with uh, Roman Alessandrini. Yeah. You know he was a beloved figure, um, so I guess go back to that well and hope for more success from there. But uh, Cabrali plays for uh, Valenciennes, which is in the French second tier. Um, they've been kind of going back and forth uh, between Ligue 1 and, and Ligue 2 for the, the last few years. Um, I think he's 21. Um, so he's really young. So if they're paying $5 million for a 21 year old to me, I know that Vanny has been saying they want to get uh, core guys in who are going to stick around for a long time. Uh, to me, that, that means that they either think he's going to stick around for a long time and, and be a real key piece, you know, a, a, a key, um, starter for a long time, uh, with the team or, they want him around for a few years and then be able to flip him back to Europe and, you know, a few years down the line for a profit. So, um, you know, we haven't seen the galaxy get into that market so much um, being, being a selling team, you know, they've had, they've been signing all kinds of homegrowns, but they've also lost a, a slew of potential homegrowns to um, being able to sign for free abroad. Um, if they sign a player like Cabral, potentially, you know, he really works out for them. Um maybe they'll, you know, kind of get involved in that market and start, uh, you know, getting, getting engaged, selling players on in the future uh, for a big price and, and being able to uh, fund and finance their team uh, that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting because they haven't done that. And I wonder, and I wonder if they do that now under, under Greg Vanny, if they do start to becoming a selling team, because I feel like, if you're in a big market like LA, New York, even Miami is a big market now because of, of David Beckham. But I think, uh, you know, I feel like you have to be a hybrid of, of, of this. And that's just my thought on it because of, you know, 
the U.S. and you know we have great resources here. But uh, you know, I I know it's not in the galaxy's DNA, but I think it's it's I think it would be in their best interest to to you know start being a selling league. But I don't know if if it's selling through is it going to be through their their you know their galaxy two or their academy system, which I think it makes more sense because we've seen what LC Dallas has just made a ton of money. But then on the flip side, their 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 men's their, the men's team is not as good, right? They're not then they, it doesn't seem to me that they focus that much attention on the men's team. They're more interested on, on grooming the, the academy kids and you know flipping them to Europe before they even bring it into the to the to to the men's team. So I'm very interested to see what what the LA Galaxy does within these next couple of years because they've signed a couple of players to the first team which we assume are, are going to play on LA Galaxy 2 and I think the reason why they signed them to the first team is if they get do get interest and they do get offers LA Galaxy is able to keep all that money uh, which makes sense right but are are they going to be able to you know step foot in the LA Galaxy jersey uh, you know, playing for the actual men's men's team, you know. So I think that's going to be very interesting. Uh, and we'll, we'll have to see what they do with Kevin Gabriel. He's 21 years old. And if it's $5 million, I don't think it's that much when you're, you're going to, you know, potentially uh, spend $10 million. I think right now this is still a backup plan if the Pavone situation uh, doesn't work out. But I, I think the Galaxy, I have a sense that they're going to hold try to hold out as long as they can to try to get Pavone in. And if they don't get Pavone for whatever reason, or it goes longer than the start of the season, it looks like Kevin potentially may be their guy. Yeah. Pavone is supposed to go to court, I believe on Tuesday um, and answer some questions. So there is a chance that. A I think case he went could... to, uh, just, sorry to interrupt you. He, I think Friday he, he appeared in court from what I was reading in, in, oh, okay. in, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I was just reading, translating some stuff in Spanish and reading and reportedly he he did not take the stand uh i guess he denied all the stuff so that that's all i read i just read that earlier today on twitter well, i guess it was supposed to be tomorrow the 23rd i thought it was supposed to be tomorrow but i i could have been mixed up of course they, it was supposed to be tomorrow but i guess they 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 rushed it or i don't i don't know what the legal word <laughs> okay. is they 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 got it for friday let's just put it that way it was supposed to be okay. wednesday but he they got it for friday i guess they want to do it the quicker the better i guess is right. what i'm what i'm understanding um so he friday so i don't i don't know what's going to happen you know i don't know when there's going to be a decision right uh, and I, I don't know it could be in a week i don't i don't know how the courts work in argentina um you know i think once that decision comes down i think that's what makes it so tricky right are you you're are you, the galaxy like i said earlier i think they're going to wait to the final second and then if they can't get it done they're going to pull away yeah, and if the case isn't dismissed quickly, you know, on Pavone's part, I mean, on the bright side, if they have some backup, a backup move or two lined up, I mean, the transfer window isn't open, right, in Europe right now. So, like, they don't, they don't have to get the deal done right away, right? Like, the player could be playing for his club team now, and then they could come to a deal at the end of May and have it all squared away, or, you know, they can agree in principle now, and then actually, you know, finish the deal before the primary window here closes um, in the summer or something like that. So there's, I mean, there's some flexibility to, to work with right now, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess if they went early to court and the judge didn't summarily dismiss the case, which doesn't sound like that's happened, then that's not great news for uh, Pavone's case and for the galaxy trying to get this resolved quickly. So um, I would not be shocked if this continues to rumble on and on.
Yeah, and I think uh, if they, I mean, having an open DP spot, I wonder how the fans will react to it and also how much pressure they'll get right, and to make a decision, right? Because, you know, two we- three weeks, right? The April 17th, 18th, um, you know, how this team is going to look. I mean, you can get an NL Galaxy 2 player to get that, or you can already sign Cabral or Kevin Cabral. Uh, you, if they sign him, I think, you know, when you spend five, potentially, if, if that's what it's rumored, $5 million, um, if it's $5 million, then I don't think you're going to want to buy Pabon for $10 million. That's going to be 15 unless you want to spend two, unless you want to spend $15 million on two players. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, that could be the possibility, but I, I don't know. I think, I think if they sign, if they sign any winger or left winger, depending how much money it is, uh, you know, if, if it's a TAM winger, then it makes sense, right? If they send a ten winger for six hundred thousand, then okay, I think they still can get Pavone. But I, I think when you start getting in the millions, then I think that's when it gets tricky, and I don't and I don't think Pavone will come if they sign a play a, a DP type player. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. I also think that the Galaxy are going to get a lot more of a grace period if they start uh, the season well. I mean, if they lose their first three games, people are going to be panicking and they're going to be like, "Oh, why didn't you sign anyone already?" If they're two and one, three and oh to start the season, they're gonna be like, hey, yeah, don't worry about it, man. We're good for now. We're rolling, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicharito scoring, all's good. Don't worry about it. So I mean, I think that you know, the results will obviously play a hand in in how people respond to the galaxy's uh roster moves. But I mean, that's obviously a risky position, but I mean, in some respect, they may not have much of a choice here if they're really dead set on bringing Pavone back. Um the team yeah uh, i think we just have to keep an eye on it and see see how long they're, they're able to you know hold out essentially you know hold for pavone you know because they got games coming up you know i think you also want to build some of that you know continuity with them but obviously they got to get that legal situation down um so let's talk about this week so the LA galaxy this week uh they're going to be training this week and they've also got a press call scheduled for thursday at 12 30 p.m so we'll both definitely be on that uh, and then Saturday, Saturday is a game versus uh, New England Revolution at seven at the Dignity Health Sports Park. So I, I'm going to be there. Will you be there? I will not. I'm not vaccinated yet. So I'm going to wait until I uh, am vaccinated. But uh, it's supposed to be streamed on Spectrum Sportsnet. So everyone should be able to watch this. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have all the camera angles, but usually for these, they have uh, Joe Tutino and Kobe Jones on the call. So, you know, we should have a, something approaching a normal uh, game call for this one. Yeah, I mean, you can still watch it from home. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think also, I mean, Joe does does such a great job, you know, calling the games and, you know, and, you know, when he and scores and, you know, <laughs> when he does his, his thing. So I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see to see them, you know, just to get to, just to see, like I said earlier, the, the eye test of what these young guys have and actually how to see how the LA Galaxy look under, you know, Greg Vanny. I think that that's what I'm most excited about to see how he's coaching with them, how engaged he is, how he's with these players, you know, how, how they talk. And obviously, you know, four players aren't going to be there, but, uh, you know, this, this gives an opportunity for a lot of those youngsters. If they want to make this first team, this is, this is their time. And then, you know, they're also going to have not just these two games this Saturday, the 20th, but also next, next Wednesday, the 31st, uh, you know, at home. And then they, they head on to Tucson. So, Lot, lots of game, lots of games going on for the LA Galaxy. Um, what, what are some of the players? I know you have had asked Greg Vanny about the LA Galaxy two players, but what's some of the players that you're, you've been keeping your eye on? 
Well, I mean, the big one is obviously Chicharito and everybody wants to know how he's doing, but I mean, I do think that it's going to be interesting to see him in game action and see if he looks any different, if he seems like he's kind of more on the same page with his teammates now, if it seems like the style of play is more suited to uh, his strengths. Um, he's obviously a, a, a player that I am looking forward to, to seeing. I mean, you mentioned going to a preseason game and, and having the eye test. I did, a lot, I did that last year. Um, the double header that the Galaxy ended up playing against the Fire, uh, that was a really interesting game because it basically showed us what, what was um, on tap for the rest of the season, right? Like the team really seemed out of sync and they honestly never got back in sync uh, over the course of the season. So, um, you know, for me, that was kind of an omen of what was to come, you know, Chicharito kind of not being on the same page with his teammates and nobody could get him the ball and um, just struggling real, you know, mightily uh, all night. Uh, and that's kind of how the season turned out to be. So it doesn't always go like that, but in that case, it, it certainly did. Yeah. And I think also the signing of Victor Vasquez too, right. With Greg Van, he, I think that's one of the first things he talked about. He's saying, uh, you know, he's one of the smartest players, but he, he also knows how to read players runs when he also talked about maybe not getting the ball in the first run, but in the second run. And obviously that is Chicharito, right? Knowing when to put the ball in there and understanding to, to your point, right. Is who's going to get him the ball where he needs to have the ball in his feet or he needs to have the ball outside the box or, you know, let Chicharito go one-on-one. I think that that's what is very interesting. Quickly here in the chat, uh, we have TDM Riso. He says, do you guys, do you guys think the players or the, the plays will play the play, the young players, I think he's saying will play in the regular season. I'm assuming Alex, LA Galaxy two guys. Uh, yes. I think, I, I think that the, there's a, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the LA Galaxy two players to have a shot to play with the, with in the regular season with the, with the men's team. Now, depending who it is, I think there's going to be four opportunity four opportunities that I, that I think I can think off the top of my head, right. Where legit plays where Jonathan Dos Santos plays where junior and Rajo plays, uh, you know, and I, I don't know if Efrain Alvarez is a starter right now, but I think those, those, those are going to be uh, the players that are the, the, where LA galaxy two players are going to have a shot. Did we lose you, Alicia? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I agree with, I agree with you. Um, I think uh, there's going to be minutes for the young players. I think, you know, Carlos Harvey is going to get some run. I definitely think Jonathan Perez looks like he's, he's, you know, making a case to get some playing time. Uh, I'd like, I'd love to see Cameron Dunbar uh, get some run. Um, at this stage, it looks like Ethan Zubak, you know, it remains the backup striker. So he's going to get some run as well. Um, and, you know, he had a decent season, I think, considering I don't think the expectations were very high for him coming in. So, you know, he, he put together a pretty good um, campaign to start with. Uh, another player who's not a homegrown, but he's still pretty young is uh, Danny Acosta. I think he'll finally get to make his debut after he tore his ACL last year. So, yeah, there's a lot of players who I think uh, could see some time. And, um, you know, in Toronto, with a similar kind of objective, uh, Vanny definitely played plenty of veterans, right? He he didn't play nine homegrowns at a time for uh, TFC unless he absolutely had to. Um, but he wasn't afraid to use young players and he wasn't afraid to kind of mix things up and, and rotate guys and give them an opportunity. So I, I think something similar is going to happen here with, with the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pass this question to you. This is a great, great question. Uh, obviously we don't know who the starters are going to be. 
Um, but TDM Resource says if Vasquez starts, if Victor Vasquez starts, what what will uh, Sasha Klesman's role be? I think if uh, Vasquez starts, Klesman will probably be sitting back a little bit further if, if he does get the start as well. Um, because Klesman is, is pretty versatile. Uh, last year for the Galaxy, he played uh, basically a box-to-box role. Um, but in different times in his careers, he's been an attacking midfielder, basically a midfielder who is meant to score goals and, and occasionally set them up. Um, he's also played as a defensive midfielder. Most of the time when he played in Belgium, he was a defensive midfielder. And that was kind of a big surprise when he moved over to Europe and uh, he was playing a really defensive role. Um, so he's actually pretty versatile. And if uh, Vasquez is on the field and Kleschen is on the field alongside him, uh, Vasquez is not going to be you know, a big defender, right? Like his thing is, is pushing forward into the attack, uh, setting players up. His scoring rate was pretty decent in, in Toronto. Um, so that means that Kleshen is going to have to take more of the burden than um, in defense. And, and that's something that he is comfortable with. So, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a problem or shocking or anything like that. I think those two can potentially play uh, side by side. It'll be a pretty old midfield to, you know, to be honest, but uh, it's doable. Yeah, I, I could either I could see that I could see them either like to your point, either playing side by side, or you know potentially subbing for each other. Yeah. I, know, I know I know Victor Vasquez, uh, Greg Vanny said he he didn't get a he didn't get a lot of playing or he didn't play last season because of the pandemic because of other things. We we also don't know because hey, like he got a COVID test or he tested positive COVID and that also brings you out. You know, there's a lot of possibilities of why he didn't get get to play. Um, but he one he has fresh legs. Too, he's going to be able to come with uh, come. He knows what Greg Vanny's system is, right? And he's going to be able to come and implement that. If Vasquez is a starter, then I, I could potentially see him and Sasha Klesman subbing in for each other. Say Vasquez plays 60 minutes and Sasha Klesman closes out the game, or vice versa. Um, because I think when you know, obviously they're going to be one of the older players within the team, depending how fast paced the game is, depending how, how fit they are. Uh, I don't know if they're both going to be able to play 90 minutes maybe that maybe they can but I, th- I think i see them a little bit subbing in for each other or you know or to your point you know they, they're gonna they're gonna start there but i think they will get a shot to play a lot because a lot like, like i said jonathan dos santos sebastian legit Jonah Rajo, there's going to be a lot of pieces moving and we've seen uh shasha klesman move around that midfield um last season because because of injuries because of how they played and you know he's very versatile and they can kind of essentially put him anywhere they need if they need to put a band-aid somewhere Sasha Klesman could be that guy if, it, if it's 30 minutes 20 minutes or whatever but I think Vasquez with his experience and understanding the Greg Vanny system and also Sasha Klesman's the veteranship and understanding what he, he's going to need to do if it's 30 minutes is a 40 minutes is 60 minutes I think they're going to have a really good understanding of what the role is within the team. Yeah, for sure. And I think one thing we're going to see is if if there's a 32 game or 34 game season, we're probably going to see a lot of guys who play 22 games, 26 games, you know, something like that, 18 games. Like there's probably going to be, you know, there's probably not going to be too many players uh, on the on the squad who play 34 games. Like it's, you know, maybe the goalkeeper, maybe. And uh, I don't know, maybe Chicharito if he's not getting called up by Mexico again. Uh, that might be it, right? Like everybody else is probably going to be rotated around. You make a you make a great great point because I think Chicharito has said he does want to get called up. 
Um, whether that means he, he does look to get called up again, whether that means the gold cup or what, what, what that means or internet or actually the, 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 you know, the, the world cup qualifiers, right. Who is going to be the, the backup for him? Cause I, I wasn't even thinking about that until you, until you mentioned that. Right. Cause if this is LA galaxy for right now, they're, they're starter and say he, he, he starts off on a roll. Um, if you're the like actually, obviously you want to support if Chicharito wants to go back with the with the, with the national team, but who is going to be your backup? That could potentially be five players at the, the like five out of eleven players. That's like almost half a team right there. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a really interesting year in MLS because I think some teams are going to be decimated by the frequent international um, call-ups, and some, you know, assuming the season proceeds as normal and all these call-ups actually happen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and some teams are being pretty calculating in terms of not signing very many um, internationals. So it's going to be interesting to see the teams that have a lot of internationals, how they weather uh, those absences and, and how frequently they those may can't come up, um, which could throw quite a wrinkle in, in the season overall, potentially, if, if that does turn out to be a big factor for teams. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh... I mean, yeah, I think in order for Chicharito to get that called up, he has to be doing good for the LA Galaxy. He has to be scoring goals, right? So yeah. it's it's a win-win, right? He's going to be scoring goals. He's going to be doing it to get the attention of the of the national team, which I think, which he's publicly said that he he wants to get called back up there. Um, you know, the way he does that is by scoring and winning games for the LA Galaxy. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see what happens to that. But I'm really looking forward to, to Saturday to see how the, the new look Chicharito looks. Obviously, we know how great he's looked, uh, you know, via Instagram and stuff. Now I want to see him, how he actually looks good. Uh, Greg Vanny's system, Greg Vanny understands where Chicharito needs to get the ball, how the team has to work to get Chicharito in the ball, uh, inside the box or wherever, and how what type of runs uh, he's making and who's giving him the passes. Uh, obviously, you wanted to have uh, Victor Vasquez and Grand Zura because I don't think they're here. I think they, the Alley Galaxy just posted a video of Victor Vasquez, and I think he's still back in uh, Europe or wherever he was playing, you know, saying hi to the Alley Galaxy. Um, you know, so I, I, he's not going to be available for, for them. I don't see him being available for this weekend or potentially next Wednesday. So it's going to be it's going to be very interesting where where or and who is going to give him uh, these passes this weekend. Yeah, it'll be uh, nice to see them play. And obviously, they're not the the final product. They have several more games to go. And um, there's going to be some experimentation and, you know, just plugging in players who are available versus those who aren't and that kind of thing. But it'll be good to see some real life actual soccer with our own eyes and, um, you know, start making some observations and tentative conclusions uh, from that on our own. Yeah. Uh, TDM Riso says, great answers, guys. Thanks. No, thank you for the, for the great questions. Those are very great questions. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, every, every Monday uh, at 7 PM, we're talking LA galaxy. We always have uh, Alicia Rodriguez here as a guest. Uh, let the people know who are listening, also watching where they can follow you. Sure. You can find my work about the galaxy at lagconfidential.com, And you can find me on Twitter at soccer musings. Yeah, guys, make sure to give her a follow if you already don't. You guys can follow me at Gio Garcia LA on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow LA Soccer Hub you know, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your you get your feed, we're there. Uh, if you guys also enjoyed this uh, podcast episode, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to this on Spotify or wherever you get your music. So for Alicia, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you.